All right. All right, everyone, take your seats, please. The topic for this episode is unworthiness. So take your seats, please. Thanks. Hello and welcome. This is the Change Academy podcast, a show where we explore what it takes to create a healthy mindset and build sustainable and helpful habits. I'm Monica Reinagle. And I'm Brock Armstrong. In one of our recent episodes called Will I Succeed?, we offered three questions that you can ask yourself to evaluate your chances of succeeding at whatever goal you're working toward. And those three questions were, number one, how confident am I that I can make this positive change in my life? Question number two is, am I clear on what my goals and strategies are? And question number three is, do I believe I am worth the effort or worthy of the outcome? We also suggested that if the answer to any of these questions was no, see if you can adjust your strategy to make it into a yes. And you know what? One of our listeners responded with a really great question. What if your answer to the third question is no? And what can you do to change that into a yes? Well, in this episode, we are going to explore some possible answers to this question. Right. And right off the bat, I want to be clear that this is really not an issue that could be fully addressed or solved in a single episode of a podcast, even a great podcast like this one. (laughs) I mean, really, this can be the work of a lifetime. But perhaps we can point out some trailheads to paths that you might want to explore on your own or with a therapeutic partner, such as a counselor. Right. You know, deep feelings of unworthiness can actually be a sign of depression or anxiety or both, which are not topics that we will even attempt to address in this podcast. Please, if you're feeling that way, seek professional help. And trust me, speaking from experience, it is worth it. Mm. But as Monica said, we will offer you some guidance and help you see that there are certain times when we assign unworthiness incorrectly to other emotions and other beliefs that we're holding. And you know what? I'll tell you a secret. When we see people that we care about, whether they are loved ones or clients, when we see them expressing a feeling of unworthiness, it is really tempting to try to correct the record by simply pointing out that they are, in fact, worthy and lovable. Or we might be tempted to have them make a list of all their accomplishments or good attributes. But here's the thing. Worthiness is not something that you can talk someone or even yourself into. This isn't a belief that you can simply correct with logical arguments. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that a caring facilitator can't help with this feeling. But again, the help doesn't come in the form of rational argument. What may be more useful is to explore the roots of this feeling. What is this belief or this feeling based on? Are there incidents in your past or memories that support this conclusion? Has anyone outside of you ever expressly given you this message? Or is it simply something that a part of you has arrived at on its own? Now, again, we're not necessarily looking for factual errors that we can then correct. But by naming these thoughts, we can get a little bit of distance from them. We can recognize that they are simply thoughts, which may be true or may not be true, but either way, they do not have to dictate our actions. You're right. We do not have to give power to every single thought that we have. 
And this is one of the first things that came into my head when we got that email from from our one of our listeners, and, and I would say one of our star pupils. When you <laughs> That's say, right. Um, asking this question, one of the things that jumped into my head was this idea that was sort of circulating around a few years ago. I know a lot of people were talking about this big, hairy, audacious goal. Do you remember hearing that that phrase? I always found that phrase kind of revolting. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's kind of gross, <laughs> Who isn't it? Who wants a big, hairy anything? Especially the, even the acronym B-H-A-G, which apparently is supposed to be pronounced B-H-A-G, is also oh, kind of revolting. <laughs> I know. And actually, I should just say different strokes for different folks. Sure. If you're into big and hairy, I, I'm not here to <laughs> question that. We but don't yuck yeah. anyone's yum. All right. It doesn't sure. speak to me. But And I think the, the person that this came from was an author named Jim Collins in a book called Built to Last. And in that book, it was actually meant to be a quote-unquote powerful way to stimulate progress in a business. But... Mm. The way that I saw it in my circle of fitness and marathon and triathlon folks was it sort of took on a different meaning of setting huge goals for yourself that you wouldn't normally consider to be achievable. And sort of a little side note here, this is my personal hot take, was that it was in order to try to outdo each other on social media. Like, look mm. at what I'm working on. But in any case. Wow. Um, I bring this up because sometimes we feel that the distance between where we are right now and where we want to be can sometimes seem completely insurmountable. And we decide that we are too weak or too broken or too unworthy of that accomplishment. How could little old me kind of thing ever get way over there? But that's actually when making process-oriented goals that we've talked about in this podcast before become much more helpful than these outcome-based goals. Yeah, not just what do I want to accomplish, but what am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you can't see yourself as being worthy of achieving the ultimate goal of, say, not ever drinking pop again perhaps you can feel worthy of simply substituting one or two glasses of pop for one or two glasses of water. Or if you feel like you don't deserve to be debt-free ever in your life, well, perhaps you can feel okay about simply paying 10% more than the minimum payment on one credit card each month. So by lowering the goal, we can also lower that feeling of unworthiness. You know, as I hear you talk about this, I think that this might be a case of confusing our worthiness with our ability right. to do something. So if you start to feel like you may have bitten off more than you can chew, then that good old Rolodex of excuses that you've heard us talk about may serve up the thought, well, this outcome is kind of above my pay grade anyway, so mm. I can you know, justify abandoning this effort. So in other words, a fear of failure could potentially masquerade as a feeling of unworthiness. What do you right. think of that? Yeah, yeah, that good old Rolodex of excuses. <laughs> it finds every excuse to open itself up and start flashing it itself in front of your eyes. Right, right. And you know what? Along those lines, you might also keep that inner ear tuned in for thoughts such as, oh, who am I kidding? People like me don't succeed at things like this. Why am I even trying? And that is that identity piece we often talk about. Because a big part of changing a behavior is about changing your identity from someone who does not engage in that behavior to someone who does. Mm. 
And whenever there's a lack of harmony between our current identity, our current self-identity, and those desired behaviors, it's going to be more difficult to get those changes to stick. Absolutely. But fortunately, identity, much as it may seem otherwise, it is not a fixed thing. It is a construct. And that means we get to construct it however we want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can think of it at a certain point in my life, I was so hung up on being miserable in an unfortunate and misguided relationship that the idea that I could ever be a loving and happy partner seemed unachievable to me. But you know what? I'm so glad I was able to change that part of my identity. Like as drastic as that seems, it it really is possible. Yeah. I mean, that was long before I knew you. And to hear that description, it's like, I don't even recognize that in the person that I know. Yeah. Yes, and thank goodness. (laughs) Okay, here's another possibility that you might want to consider. Perhaps your feeling of unworthiness has to do with something that you've done in the past that you're having a hard time forgiving yourself for. And that might be having made a mistake that actually hurt someone. But sometimes we struggle even to forgive ourselves for trying to make a change and failing for not succeeding. And I just want to remind you, you can love yourself even if you don't love everything you have ever done. <laughs> yes. And that, thank goodness, right? Yeah. And, and this is called unconditional self-acceptance. And psychologist Albert Evans, who's written a lot about this, defines it like this. This is kind of an academic description, but I wanted to quote it exactly. The individual fully and unconditionally accepts himself whether or not he behaves intelligently correctly or competently, and whether or not other people approve, respect, or love him. Hmm. It's a big deal, right? Yeah. But self-acceptance, that level of unconditional self-acceptance, doesn't mean that we never evaluate or judge our own behavior. We can reflect on whether or not our actions were aligned with our values. We can feel disappointment or frustration about how we've behaved or even sorrow or regret at the results of those actions. And we can consider how we might repair that situation or how we want to behave differently in the future. But none of that causes us to devalue our basic selves or to withdraw that unconditional self-acceptance. So in a nutshell, unconditional self-acceptance asks us to separate ourselves from our actions. Mm. And it might sound like this. I am not perfect. I sometimes screw up, but I'm not a bad person and I'm not defined by my flaws or failures. And what's more, I'm working on becoming someone whose actions more consistently reflect my values. Uh, I really like that thought. It just gives you so much power back where you feel like you've had your power sort of taken away by yourself, really, in, in this case. Yeah, that's the good news. When we take it away from ourselves, we have the power to restore it. Yeah. Which actually leads really nicely into a quote that I saw the other day from writer and podcaster Mel Robbins. She wrote this on a Twitter post. I'm not sure if it came from one of her books or anything, but this is what she wrote. Anytime you hold yourself back, play small, or listen to fear, you don't see your worth. There will always be someone who can't see your worth. Don't let it be you. Mm. Now, to me, this has a little bit of, and maybe I'm reading between the lines here from my own experience, but I feel like it's a bit of the fake it until you make it kind of vibe to it. 
the idea is that we can choose to let those feelings of inadequacy hold us back, or we can acknowledge them and choose to move forward anyway. Anyway, right. I love that word, anyway. (laughs) In essence, working to change your own opinion of yourself by going forward anyway. Or you might even be engaging in what we like to say in the Way Less program is something called collecting the evidence that you are someone who is worthy of the outcome. Go ahead. I dare you. Yeah. Also, I think there's a little bit of uh, a healthy bit, let's say that, of screw you all the haters out there (laughs) in that quote that I just read. So if you can actually find it in yourself to to rally and continue on and take that big step despite feeling inadequate or despite feeling unworthy, you can then see it as an act of defiance or a test of your will and your grit and your strength. And even if that hater is inside you, which it often is, and that's why we're talking about this today, you can still follow good old Taylor Swift's advice and shake it off, shake, shake, shake it off. (laughs) Yeah. The, the, the thing I really want to underline in what you just said is that we can simply notice and accept that we don't maybe currently feel deserving of our efforts and we can decide to take action anyway. Right. Why? Because the action is aligned with our values. Mm. And let me give you an example of how I interpret this. One of my core values has to do with stewardship. I didn't really choose this. It just, it's always been there. I want to take good care of the things that I have. And that applies to things that I may have quote unquote earned, (laughs) as well as things that I haven't necessarily earned. But it's my way of expressing gratitude and respect for what I have. I don't want to take the things that I have for granted, whether that's my home or my democracy or my good health. And right now, I'm lucky enough to have all of those things, and therefore I feel this sort of moral obligation to care for them. And that core value can sometimes be enough to motivate me to exercise self-care, even when there's a part of me that doesn't feel particularly worthy of being cared for, Hmm. because it's aligned with that value. And I heard a great example of this in the yoga video that I did just this morning. One of Adrienne's cues, you all know Adrienne, right, (laughs) was... Move as if you love yourself. Even if you don't, just move as if you do. Wow. And kind of what you were saying about, you know, fake it till you make it. Yeah. And I also want to just name that this is a little bit paradoxical in a way to the basic cognitive behavior model, which teaches that our actions emerge from our feelings, which are a byproduct of our thoughts. But sometimes it actually works the other way around. Sometimes changing our behavior despite the thoughts we may be having leads to changes in those thoughts and the resulting feelings. I mean, that fake it till you make it is actually something Mm -hmm. I learned from cognitive behavior therapy because, (laughs) yeah, sometimes you just have to do it enough times that you start to change that belief and thus change your thoughts and change your emotions. Okay, here's another variation on this sentiment that... It's not so much that we are not deserving of the outcome, but that the outcome isn't worth the effort that it will take to achieve it. Mm. Or, you know, as we put this in an episode, a recent one called Why We Sabotage Our Success, because we fear that the cost of transformation may be too great. 
Now, if that's the the thought that you identify when you poke around in here a little bit, this could be a sign that we're actually not that invested in the goal or the desired outcome. And, you know, maybe that's because it's a goal that we think we should go after, but don't really care that much about. That good old should again. Or we may be overestimating or even catastrophizing just how much effort will be involved. Our fear of discomfort or our fear of the unknown can keep us stuck for years. And the irony of that, the tragedy of it really, is that if we actually push through that resistance and take action anyway, we often discover that the amount of discomfort or effort required turns out to be no big deal (laughs) and far less than the discomfort of dragging that unsolved problem or that unmet goal around with us. Right. It's worth a try anyway. It absolutely is. A lot of this stuff is is definitely worth a try if you've been feeling that way. But remember, these are just some suggestions and some gentle guidance. But as they say in all those disclaimers out there on other podcasts you might listen to, this is not... No, as we say in our own disclaimers. Yeah. <laughs> this is not medical advice and should not be used as such. But honestly... If you feel that your feelings of unworthiness are holding you back and impacting your life in a negative way, please seek professional help. You don't have to be in the depths of despair to benefit from working with a qualified therapist or a counselor. You can do it anytime. Well said. We do not have to wait to hit rock bottom before we start moving back up again, right? All right. Here are some takeaways from our conversation so far before we get to the lab experiment. So first... Your value as a human is not defined by your flaws or your failures. Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah, thank goodness. And you are worthy of positive regard and care no matter what. And second, your thoughts are just thoughts. They do not need to dictate your actions. And next, a big scary goal can make all of us feel unworthy. So make sure you break it down. Take some first steps fake it till you make it, and keep going. When you start making some progress, that unworthy feeling won't be there for long. Mm. And finally, difficult actions are easier to take when we are aware of the ways in which they support our values. Okay, so before we offer a lab experiment, we talked about a few different possibilities or scenarios that could be behind that sentiment that you're not worth the effort or maybe not worthy of the outcome. And if, as you were listening to us today, any one of those sort of struck a nerve or even just piqued your curiosity, we'd like to encourage you to dig a little deeper into that part of the discussion. Maybe go back and listen to it one more time. By now, you've probably heard enough lab experiments that you can design your own. So whatever got your attention, just consider that a marker for a trail or a path that you can explore on your own. Take your field recorder with you, see what you notice, take some notes. In the workshop that Monica and I did last night, it's so much fun to see people start to comment when we really hit a nerve, when we mention something that resonates with people, all of a sudden all these little Zoom hands start going up and (laughs) me, that's me, yes, start coming up in the chat. It's like a functional MRI for a group. Right. I'm sure that happens when people are listening to this podcast too. They're walking down the street going, oh, oh, that's me. Right. Or what did you just say? 
(laughs) So we, we don't want you to feel like you're dependent on us to serve up these further explorations that we call lab experiments. You can, you can make those on your own too, but here is one (laughs) just as an example for anyone who struggles to believe that they are worthy of the effort or deserving of the outcome. Now, if that's you, I'm guessing that a small part of you actually does believe that you are worthy of care and regard. And maybe that part of you has been shouted down by other parts of you that hold different beliefs. Now, here's a hint. That small part of you may be located adjacent to the part of you that cares about others, the one who cares about friends and loved ones and family and animals and the less fortunate, right? That part. So if you're really having trouble locating any self-compassion at all, it may be helpful instead to tune into your feelings of compassion toward others and just spend a little time in that space and feeling those feelings. And then rather than trying to single yourself out for special consideration, is it possible for you to simply include yourself or those parts of yourself that you're inclined to judge most critically? Can you include that just in your list of beings or things that you are willing to feel compassion toward. See if you can just sneak it in there. It sounds great. <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing. All right. We look forward to hearing back from you with anything that you discover or wonder in response to this episode. And we'll be back with another episode soon. Talk to you then. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Brock Armstrong and Monica Reinagle.